Hello and welcome back to the F24 podcast. And yep, I'm back again, loving having these conversations with people about their lives and interactions with London, culture and creativity. There's another amazing visitor to the studio this week. This is so, so good and I'm so happy I started it. It's an absolute honour having people visit me over here and chat so openly and honestly about their lives. And getting these stories from the peers of the culture is another big bonus. As I said though, I want to expand that. But, you know, selfishly I can't deny this hip-hop and graffiti stuff I'm getting, untouchable. For me, and I presume for a lot of you, it's great filling in the gaps of people you may have watched make moves over the years and finding out how they did, produced, understood, believed, created and overcame in various parts of their journeys. It's really inspiring. And from the feedback I've had, you've had the same thoughts. Inspiring, calming. That knowing someone is going through life like you, it might make things slightly easier, maybe clearer. Or at least a route towards that stuff. I'm loving this, man. I'm loving it. It's taken a lot of time out of my week. I'm a busy man. I'm trying to run a business. I'm trying to help my son. I've got a million and one things to do like we all have to do. And running a business is one of them. Dealing with clients, getting on new projects. I've got some really exciting stuff coming up for this year, rest of this year, which I'm over the moon about. But no matter what, I'm putting aside time for this because it's so important and I'm, well, it's feeding me. And you know what? Hearing from you lot, hearing it's feeding you, gotta keep this ball rolling, man. Well, look, this week we've got the culture fueled, creatively striving, spiritually hunting, hustler-minded, dope lyricist, label owner, Flip Tricks. Watching this guy, man. He used to come down to the shop in Brighton and cop some records and paint every now and then. And I snapped him from my Polaroid collection of friends and visitors to the shop. He'd been there so much. What he's done since then, that was like the mid to late 2000s. What he's done since then, loving and respecting the culture, working hard at his game, taking advice and great advice at that from kings in the UK hip hop world like Jest, and then proving he can hold his own on stage, corner and meeting rooms, killer. Along the way, he may take some psychedelics to keep him clear on his spiritual path and and then his ferocious nature of putting out albums will have you chilling, amped, questioning and jumping on each go round. His new album drops today on the 24th of August. Go and get it, it's called In Exhale. It's on all digital outlets. And then also the tangible pieces from hired-focus.com. If you ain't heard him before, you're gonna be intrigued by this interview and you're gonna to wanna to check him after. In the meantime, whilst you're listening, go and check him and his squad out at Mr. Flip Tricks and at High Focus Records on Instagram. Enjoy it. Yo, this is Cyrus. I'm at F24. Big team fam. Wicked, man. Brother, yeah, thank you sweet. for coming. Nice one, man. Flip Good tricks. to be here. Wicked, man. Wicked. What's that on the table? Is that the new album? It's a new album, yeah. You kidding? Love to ever. All right, yeah, yeah, sick. Yeah, I bought that for you, man. I oh, appreciate it, brother, man. Thank you. Yeah, for real. Yeah, thank you. I thought I recognised that. Oh, shit, it's the logo. Yeah, yeah, going for the symbol, yeah. symbol vibe. Wicked, man. I've enjoyed the albums, man. Yeah, yeah, really nice have. one. Really have. Done a bit of reminiscing this week as well. Yeah, yeah, cool. So looking forward to this new drop. Yeah, definitely. Um, but look, let's, um, well, f- thanks for coming around. I know you've had a mad day. Yeah, yeah. Running about. Yeah, um, for real. Let's start at the beginning, though. So where are you from? Um, from South London, like Hern Hill. Hern Hill. That's where I was like, born and raised. And, School yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Wicked. So I lived there like till I was about 20. Oh, is it? Yeah, Oh, yeah. right. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So how was school there then? Yeah, it was all good, man. Like Normal upbringing in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all blessed. So you got any brothers and sisters? Um, I got one younger brother. Yeah? Yeah, cool. yeah. Grew up with him? Yeah, yeah, grew yeah. up with him, yeah. Nice. To do like a lot of stuff back in the day, a lot of like skating and... And like making beats, he used to DJ and he did in yeah. beatbox as well and produce. So like he got well into it all. Yeah, yeah. And was that when did you all get into all that type of stuff for skating and stuff? Was that in primary or? Yeah, that was young, man. Like might have even been like when I was like eight years old or something. I first mm. 
started skating and that and then yeah. um and then yeah then later on got more into like the whole hip-hop culture and stuff was that by listening to music first and then everything that came with it yeah yeah, yeah. so what was it about skating like i don't know it's kind of like graphing all that stuff is like and, and rapping all that's kind of i see it kind of in the same light as skating as well which is just kind of like a freedom if you know what i mean mm-hmm. like going around the city and doing what you want going where you want yeah like kind of being a bit naughty at the same yeah. time do you know what and I mean? it's free like, enjoyment as well you're part of something purposeful yeah exactly and having fun isn't it and yeah, it's free yeah. yeah yeah and just like linking up with people like everyone used to meet at like bank like in central London at like 12 o'clock every Saturday and do you know what I mean there'd be like a fat crew of people and we'd all like cruise around in like a fat gang like causing you know mayhem on yeah the yeah causing mayhem yeah going through Covent Garden and all of that yeah for real yeah wicked man wicked so um what led you towards the music was it in school were you like listening to music yeah well like it's about 12 when I first started listening to hip-hop secondary then yeah 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 so that was like I think it was like the Fuji's the score I think wicked it was one of like my favorite like early albums yeah and then like Biggie and Big Pun and Big L like the three bigs like yeah. they inspired me a lot and then I was like loving hip-hop you know and drum and bass as well and then when I was like 16 that's when I first had UK hip-hop yeah and that's kind of what changed the whole game for me because I was like wow these are people that I firstly I can relate to like the accents like the slang like what they're talking about and that's when I heard UK hip hop, that's what inspired me to like pick up the pen and start writing thing. bars. So when you were listening to US, and mm. obviously you do, but those first years of yeah. listening to US hip hop, like what I, I've done exactly the same. Mm. Like that's all I listened to for years until I got introduced to UK. Yeah, yeah. But you do get a connection. Mm. Like you do understand. You well, you learn to understand it. Yeah, like yeah. It's slang. Yeah, yeah. Its ways, and you can kind of associate some things. Mm. But predominantly, it's the sound, I suppose. Yeah, 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 for real. But when you heard that UK... Mm, yeah. It was like Jess, Task Force, Skinny Man, like them Kalashnikov, I'd say. Them guys inspired me a lot. And what, how did you get... Where did that come from? Like, being into hip-hop and then when did you... How did UK come across? What? Yeah, someone must have shown it to me or like... That's the thing, I was living... Because um, I was in Herne Hill right next to Brixton. Uh-huh. Like, there was Speaker's Corner. Yeah. The event that used to go on down at Brixton Jam. Big up, Steve's. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so like... And the Alliance. Exactly, like, all them DJ Snuff. Yeah, like, Snuff as well. Yeah. And there was the open mic there, so like, because I was close to that, I must have just heard about a night. And you know what, actually, it was um, this guy, English Frank. Actually, yeah, um, English Frank. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, when he used to be called Frantic Frank. That's and right. it was like Frantic Frank and the Craftsman. That is actually, Frank was a big inspiration to me back in the day, because yeah. I used to know him, like, just yeah. from around the area. And... um yeah, he actually like told me like what the first mic I should buy and like amazing and stuff like that. So yeah, and his boy Manic as well. Like, yeah, I remember Manic. Yeah, yeah. So was he a DJ or producer? He was a rapper as well. He, he rapper, used to yeah. produce as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, them guys, it's good. So you were they in your school or just around the area? Yeah, well, I went to Pimlico for a bit, and I think Frank had even left by then. By then, yeah. But um, yeah, he just from around the area, Brockwell Park. Um, but so, was it him who introduced you to UK Sound, or did you just know him to be rapping? Yeah, well, he was you like about the releases. Yeah, yeah, he was like the first rapper, UK rapper that I knew. I guess, do you yeah. know what I mean, one of. But it's weird that part, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you know a rapper, but you don't know about the releases. Yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew rappers growing up. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know about released music properly. Yeah, like, for real. Do you know what I mean? That mm. that little gap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And so the UK sound mm. hit you. Yeah, and then I just fully fell in love with it, man. I just started like writing loads of bars. Like I formed a crew with like my mate who went, went under the name G Skills and we made our crew called like Alphabet Bandits and like made like a couple of super underground mixtapes. Had you written before that? Uh, no, I hadn't written any bars. So it like, really did. Like, I literally just, just like, kind of heard it, it and yeah. I was just literally, like, he was like, yeah, let's start rapping. Like, and then, um, yeah, I used to go around to his yard after school and just record like freestyles on computer mics and like got a mic hooked up in the bedroom. Like my brother started producing, you know, like we got turntables and just, yeah, literally got into it. And, and like also like better, my mates were into <laughs> rapping as well. Yeah. Like even once he didn't write bars, like, every Friday we'd basically have a few beers and the people put on some DJ premiere beats and we'd all just start freestyling like and we carried that tradition on for like quite a long time man that is nice man just like freestyling um did you think it was gonna be anything more than did, had you found mm. the community well a hip-hop community yeah yeah, yeah, had, yeah I had done and now I found that through Speakers Corner wicked and like I used to love it, man. Like, I never missed, you know, I think it was on every month or whatever, yeah. but I never missed it. I was like always there, like always getting on the open mic. That, that was the first place I ever spat like on the mic like, on stage was at Brixton Jam. And th there was a real community then. And I think that's because it was before YouTube, before social media, before yeah. all that stuff. So I'd roll, like by the time I made my first album and that I'd be rolling around like trying to sell it or, you know what I mean, at the clubs or giving yeah. it away to free, linking up with producers so like it was a very special time like before YouTube and that. Do you know Social what I mean? media has changed the game in good ways and yeah. slightly negative ways. But yeah, it's mm. a, it was completely different before. And they 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 were on the cusp of it basically. Weren't yeah, they? yeah. Just before it. maybe MySpace was out or something. Mm, yeah, but, yeah. You know they had some little bit of online promotion, but it was word of mouth and friends and mm. an amazing feeling there, man. It was a wicked vibe. Yeah, yeah. Dope vibe. So how soon did you write an album then? Like what? Well, like, just ran straight in or I basically like, I made like one project like, under the name the Alphabet Bandits like with my mate G Skills and then um, and then I made like 10 or 12 tracks on like a solo sort of one which is super hood I probably made like 10 or 20 copies do you know what I mean and then and then I basically wrote my first album which was Force Fed Imagery yeah. so like yeah I did go into the album making process quite quick but I guess like I get quite obsessed with stuff like and I get quite fanatical so yeah. when I was listening to rap for a long time well, picking it I'm all thinking. up yeah you... I was picking up all the flows and yeah. and like you know the inspiration and then it just kind of came naturally I suppose all those years as well of not concentrating on your own lyrics because you mm. didn't know you wanted to do it yeah yeah you would have known all their lyrics mm. do you know what I mean and as you say the flows and you can study it so much more because you haven't got an ultimatum you're just yeah. you just listened and enjoyed yeah exactly yeah and then like <clears throat> not to say you haven't done that with UK but just mm. that beginning part to have that time to train basically yeah it? definitely and also when you're so young then like <laughs> and you've never written an album or a track before you've got yeah. so much to say and yeah. like you're still really discovering yourself like, as a person and discovering the world and like you've got loads of like emotions or whatever flying around so like I don't know a lot of writing material like did you find it easy to write yeah pretty easy man were you good at that in school um I guess school was like kind of mixed like you know later on I found out like I was dyslexic or whatever okay, I don't really right, yeah. put a label on that yeah. stuff but people learn in different ways but yeah. I'm a creative individual like so then it was kind of hard sometimes say I'd like study real hard for like exams or whatever 
and then just still do just as bad when I didn't than when I didn't try a, yeah. at all. Yeah, because that and, wasn't the way you could. Yeah, yeah. You weren't gonna yeah get and, marks through that. You it had to be done with for another way. Yeah, yeah. And then like even you know with concentrating, they're like, oh yeah, you know Xander can't concentrate in class, and like he always gets distracted, and like it's always the same shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like yeah, I guess when I found hip hop, that yeah, I put all my energy into that. Man, education system it upsets mm. me so much. Yeah, it is like, wrong. But, well, the thing is, you're yeah. sitting here and you're a success. Yeah, and you're on this amazing journey. Yeah, like, and you have been. But I just think there are so many mistakes that happen in them places Definitely. where we could have been nurtured so much better. Hundred mm, percent. I feel so sorry for these teachers, man. They're going yeah. through it right. Now. Mm. They've been going through it for years, but they're going through it again right now. Definitely. The way they've got to do their job is nuts. Mm. But it's they miss a, out. They miss yeah. out being able to claim credit. You you walked mm. out of your school and they were like, oh, well, you know, he's, yeah. he's like this, he's like that. They, mm. Rather than saying, watch him go. Look, yeah. watch this kid sick at this. Oh my God, he's going to do amazing. Like, yeah, exactly. Anyway, anyway. That's why, like, yeah, they need to be more open-minded and more, like, creative and stuff. That's yeah. like after, after I did my A-levels or whatever, mm. I went to, like, a, a mu- did, like, a two-year music course, not a uni, yeah. just, like, a random, it was, like, a government-funded one, actually, and they were like, they were really good because they like nurtured it and, and taught me like a lot. And then now like, you know, they use me as like their poster guy or whatever, you. you know what I mean? But they learned to teach you in, in a different way as well, yeah, I suppose. exactly. It? And like Dizzy Rascal, I think he went to the same one. What like, was it in called? Access to, access to Music. Wicked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boom, boom. But yeah, it's boom. good. So you went, was that a two-year course? Yeah, that was like a two-year. So you year. got through school, all right, whatever, mm. went on to your A-levels. yeah. And you do this music course, and but you start writing lyrics with ease. You're just like, I can, mm, I can write yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boom. It just kind of came to me, I guess. And like, how was the freestyling? Yeah, that was just like fun. I think that's why we were, you know, that's why bars kind of came easy because we just all used to freestyle. Like, there's a big group of, you know, like 10 lads or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's a few, only probably like three of them or four would ever lay down tracks on the mic, but everyone would freestyle. And like, <laughs> One of my mates, John, like from Catford, just had the most jokes, bars, like the hilarious one-liners. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It'd, it'd be getting drunk and he'd just set up these classic one-liners and Sweet. just the whole room would be in hysterics and that. And then, um, yeah, and then when I moved out, I got a flat with one of my mates who did used to record like a few tunes. And then like every Friday, I'd go down to Rare Kind actually. Sweet. And like, we, I'd buy like, I think it was three or four vinyls for a tenner or whatever yeah. from like one of the special boxes, boxes yeah. like with instrumentals and we'd have free we'd Pick up ha- you in no, yeah yeah you in creating all of that and uh we'd have like a freestyle friday with like a mic and some decks in the yard and get like a bottle of cider or whatever yes. do you know what i mean yeah where were you living then that was when i moved to brighton oh you moved down to brighton yeah yeah oh, yeah wow, wicked uh, yeah because i knew I, I didn't know if you were there or not i knew you then mm. but i didn't know yeah yeah maybe even when when i met you like I might not have even, or I might have just moved down. Maybe it would have been those down, early yeah. years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there was a slight crossover because I left just, yeah, mm. December 08. Yeah. It was when I left. It was only a bit of a crossover before you moved there. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, some mad training then mm. and just geeking out and yeah. fully knowing I want to do this. Yeah. So when you start, you, you rap at um, Speaker's Corner and mm. you freestyle and you prove yourself and you, you then you write these, you know, mixtapes in this album. Mm. Like, what do you think you're doing in terms of like, where's that going? Like, do you, do you, are you, you seeing anything in the future? You're just like, I've just got to do this. I have Mm. to do this now. Yeah. Is that more of it? Or is it, 
have you got a bit of a plan or thinking mm. if I keep this up I could get to a plan I think like money and that wasn't involved in the plan at all at you know the, that point or whatever because I was probably like 16 when I started writing bars I think I was like you know I think I was 20 when I released my first album wicked um so like yeah that point was just purely creative like for the love but yeah. like I was massively into like skating I used to do film loads of like skating and I used to make edits and then I'd even like like before you could edit on the computer I used to film on my uh video camera yeah and then put in a VHS and press record at the same time as press and play like on the camera and then stop it and put like all of the tricks from the session that all happened chronologically <laughs> I made a whole hour video then I made like a cover on paint and I printed the cover and then I like made the VHS and I duplicated the VHS yeah. and then I went around like shotting it when I was like 16, like just to the skaters around London Sick. and that. So you had, you, there was some hustle in there. That hustle was in that there was before. coming along as well. Yeah. yeah, and even before that, like, you know, when I wanted to do, like, I remember I wanted to go like surfing or whatever and I didn't have any money for boards. So like me and my mate went around like knocking on people's doors around the area, like asking if they needed any odd jobs doing like Sick. for like two weeks, like Boom. over summer till we got the money to like get what we needed and that. Oh, so I was always like on the on the hustle. Yeah, always looking up for something. It was gonna that was gonna lead somewhere. Mm. You put you hadn't put two and two together though. Yeah, no, not just, at that point. No, no, no. But then when I was, that's when I got into like graffiti and stuff a lot as well around them skating times. But that was also like traveling on the trains, being around South London. Like graph was it everywhere? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that inspired me like a lot. What is this? Early two thousands. Oh, I mean, I no, started getting inspired by Graf so. in like, yeah, early 90s. Like, I was probably like 15 when I first started, or 14 when I first started painting. Like. Yeah. So that was young. So the skating and the Graf were proper interlinked. Like, So you were doing it at the same time as skating? Yeah, I yeah. thought it came later. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Graf carried on like for a while as well. Yeah, it's hard to put down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Skating, you can kind of hurt your knees or whatever. Mm. And you know, like, cool. Mm. But I think that's what happened. Like, obviously, I was doing my bits and bobs and I ended up getting like arrested in the train yard for graf and then obviously had my house raided had to go through all that court bullshit was this your house or mum's house my mum's house oh shit yeah yeah so then I had to go through like all of that shit and I was only 16 then okay right so like yeah having your house raided and having to go to all the court and that you know it was kind of long and um did they really put it on you yeah 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 because the yard had been getting like smashed a lot loads and then when we turned up there's even panels on the train <laughs> before and then we all did ours and then bang got raided had some ridiculous chase um which is like that's track graffiti won't die like on my first on my second album theory of rhymes yeah, yeah, yeah. track called graffiti won't die that whole thing is the story about when i got bagged basically I'm gonna have to listen back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen back, old school banger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, wicked. And then, so then I was kind of writing bars around then, and then like another close friend who was quite a bit more prolific than me got arrested. He ended up going to prison for it, and then another whole cr big crew of heads got arrested, and loads of them went to prison. And then that was around the time I was kind of like doing a lot of writing bars and then I was like I do love graph but I don't want to get in prison for it yeah but I had a creative release through writing lyrics and hip-hop and performing and doing the stage which gave me the same feeling yeah. as graph 
So I just decided, like, cool, I'm going to lay off on that. I still love it, still sketch, still do whatever, yeah. legal wall, whatever. But then put all my creative energy but like you say, into music. You, you see it all as one yeah, thing. Yeah. And it really is yeah, just yeah. a feeling. Yeah, it's just a medium of expression, creative yeah, and expression. And so it flows and it goes from skating into graffiti, into music, into, you yeah. know what I mean, production, into business. And it exactly. just it flows. Like, exactly. Yeah, it's just a feeling. That's mm. firm, man. And that's the way my flow like ended up going. You know, I've still got mad love for the graphers and that you uh, know yeah you mean? show it as well man yeah 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 yeah. no it's a it's definitely worn on your sleeve yeah yeah for yeah. sure not in like a bait yeah, like yeah. way or weird way it's mm. just like yeah but it never leaves you like yeah. do you know what i mean even now every time on the train like i'm yeah, clocking yeah. everything like, i keep up to date with it Boom. Right. so um move to brighton and is that where you write mm. your album then so when I moved to Brighton, I wrote my first album in London uh-huh. and then recorded it in Queens Road, Peckham, Sick. at my mate Avarice's yard. Um, and then, yeah, with quite a few different producers that I've met, like Speaker's Corner, my brother made some of the beats. And What's your brother called? Um, his producer name was Chapter. Okay. And then, um, and then he made some other kind of like different uh, instrumental stuff under the name Contigo because okay, he like went to live in Spain and that he kind of took that little vibe inspired, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, yeah so that's when so force fed imagery was written in London uh-huh. and then uh, yeah theory of rhyme which was the second album which graffiti won't dies on that was written in Brighton okay how long after um, that came out in 2010 and the first one came out in 2007 right. so it was a, like a few years gap yeah well, I was still doing a lot of recording in London um, at Jess Studio, uh-huh. who was also owned by Kimo as well. It's like Kimo and Jess shared a studio. What one was that? The Old Street one? or? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one in Whitechapel. Yeah. And there was one in Old Street. Old Street. Yeah. And I went to his very first one in Brixton in his house. Like, Sick. And then he moved it to Forest Hill. So he had like four studios. He's been at it. Yeah, yeah. Godfather. Mm-hmm. He's getting to that status, isn't he? Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah, no, so it's been good. Um, sorry, I just got a bit yeah. <laughs> thinking about the studios that you said, yeah. man. Fucking hell. Um But then yeah, after the, Brighton, I end, ended up moving back to London. But that three years mm. and those two albums mm. and the difference. Yeah. Like from being a teen in in London yeah, and yeah. just coming out of a lifestyle of graffiti, skating and mm. rap and then like yeah, bring yeah. It all into that album, and yeah. not really talking about it, but like just that was your first album in the mm. middle of all of that. Yeah, yeah. And then the three-year gap. Did you see? Did you feel a lot different in Brighton? I think so. Like, did life change? I like the way it was like. It's like quite an open-minded place, and it's quite free. And there was the graffiti culture down there as well. Yeah. Like you know, there's quite a lot of walls, and you know, I like being by the sea as well. So Gives and there was space to think. Definitely. Yeah. And there was a strong hip-hop community then in Brighton as well. Like with Slip Jam B and they had like yeah. loads of legends like Rugged Man and like people coming down performing. Yeah. So like that was part of the reason I moved down there as well because yeah. I was like, had all the things that I rated. There's a scene there, man. It's killer. Yeah. When Johnny was doing the beer and rap nights. Yeah, yeah. Ryan's is doing Slip Jam. Yeah. We do the open mics in the days. Mm. And then there was like the hip hop festivals. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was sick. On the streets. Yeah. It was, the whole city was covered for mm. five years. Like yeah, yeah. Six years. It was relentless. Mm. Absolutely, but the shop's been there now ten years. You know, the yeah, yeah. Shop since I've gone, Still yeah, yeah, years. yeah. It's wow. legendary, man. Fucking, I'm, I'm, you mm. and his smashed it. Yeah, yeah, he smashed that it. That city is, yeah. I love Brighton. I mm. Love it. Amazing yeah, place. So, how long were you there then? Um, I was there for three years. Uh huh. And were you studying or just? 
um just when i did music. yeah just music Wicked. um but i did the like yeah so in 2010 that's uh-huh. when i started high focus right and high focus started because when i made theory of rhyme i'd recorded the album i've made the artwork i just got like four videos in the bag because i knew that that's what you needed to do to put out an album and then YNR records because low life had like crumbled yeah. which was like you know, one of the first early UK labels, YNR was about, which was Jess' label, and he obviously did a vocal on the track, and we we had become friends. So I said, you know, do you want to put out the album? He's like, I think it's a dope album, and I definitely would rate to put it out. But I've promised, like, you know, Verbs, Cashmere, all these guys, their album. So it'd be like a year to a year and a half wait before your one could come out. So then he was like, the best advice I could give you is to do it yourself and start your own label. Then I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to do that. So this is album three? This was album two. Two, so th- yeah, yeah, sorry. Theory yeah. of Rhyme yeah, yeah. in 2010. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, he just said, you just got to do this. Yeah, and then that, at that point is when I was at music college. So I said, you know, what are the basics that I need to do? So they're like, you need to register the tracks with PPL and get registered to PRS and like all the like, you know, behind the scenes little bits. You learn a lot in there then. Like, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff people don't get to know. Yeah, quick. yeah, exactly. And then, um, so then I was just thinking of names like for the label, and pretty much every time I think of one, I'd search it, it'd be taken, search it, it'd be taken. And I thought, high focus, searched it, wasn't there. I was like, bang, that's the one. Got my mate to design the logo for me, and um, yeah, and then that's how the label was born. I put that out with no plan of signing anyone else, it was just, I could, it was put- just, I need to release my album, yeah, under good, like. I can set myself up properly and release yeah. it. Like, mm. yeah, and I want, covered with everything. Yeah, and I want to do it well. And there's no other labels, like the only label that would sign me is YNR. But, you know, I don't want to hang around that no, long yeah. and, you know, just tell me do do it myself. And, you know, I could holler him for advice or whatever. So I was like, cool, I'll do that. And then release that album, you know, got some press from like uh, The Last Skeptic. He, was, he used to handle PR like back in the day. Yeah. So he did like a PR campaign for me and um, yeah, got in that like, hip hop connection and like Rewind magazine and things like that. Amazing. And then... Um, what told you to do four videos? I don't know. I think it was, guess it's just like looking at the scene and seeing like what people are starting to do because YouTube was like, was about then, you know? So you, yeah, where did that part come from? All of the, if I... You you were looking at more than just the music. Yeah. You were looking at everything. I guess I've it. always been like an entrepreneur, isn't it? You've so had like, it in your head in a way. Whether you're going to do nothing mm, or not, but you were always going to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like hungry to learn and like be creative and release it and be successful. And, oh. and um, yeah, just like really passionate about it, basically. So by going in that much, you knew if I put these four albums together... Mm. I do this and I just telling me do it put it out yeah. yourself and you went for it yeah so then I went for it and um yeah and then it did well got like a great reception you know people were feeling it and then um that was the time when I was still traveling down to Brighton or I would have been living there and that's when I met Dirty Dyke, Jan Baxter, Mr. Key, Leaf Dog, BVA like all of them guys yeah and then I was like, right, there's a whole sick crew here. And like, we just started like making tunes and freestyling and going to free parties and getting waved together. And yeah. like, 
just having a sick time basically and then um i know dyke i don't know and i think i know baxter as well yeah yeah man mm. crazy guys yeah just like full of it like full yeah of, like the lyrics are crazy yeah the content's not super clever yeah yeah wicked and then like jam baxter obviously it's the early days do you know what i mean people were like really enjoying partying a lot and stuff yeah and then um yeah baxter had an album and he was like if i would give it to you you know would you be interested in in releasing it for me you know and then i was like okay cool came up with like a little proposal said you know i'll do this you were brave you know, enough to just take it yeah 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 i was like yeah because wow. because i was a math you know a massive fan of baxter like his lyricism like amazed me i was like you are you're sick and like i could see that he's a really creative individual and he wants to like write the bars and do the music but he's not so interested in the whole organizing the business side the more like yeah. <clears throat> you know the more boring side of it i guess value but he just he yeah really he just wants, wants to concentrate yeah, on his thing do his thing and then um so then basically i put out jam baxter's album you know did the same sort of setup as what i did with my uh, album theory of rhyme that went really well and then you know we're doing some shows going around with Dirty Dyke and then he was like, oh, I've got an album, would you be interested in putting out? And then I listened to it, I was like, yeah, sick, yeah, I'm down. Did that one, then Leaf Dog said the same thing to me, so I signed that album. And then... How, it, how long is this, like over two years or something? Between, up to two, yeah, I reckon... Probably about 2012 by now, Yeah, probably it? about 2012. Yeah. yeah, so we did like Jam Baxter, uh, Dirty Dyke, Leaf Dog's album. Um... And then that's when I moved back to London because like High Focus was starting to pop off then we're starting to get more of a name. Yeah. We've been about for a few years. I was like, okay, cool. I want to head back to the city yeah. and be around the, the events there in the scene and make more contacts. Then I moved back to Camberwell and was living in Camberwell. And then I got a studio in the same block that Kimo and Jess used to have one in. But like even before that, actually, Disorder used to run like suspect packages out of there. Think, yeah. So it's like there's so much history in that, in that building. And then I passed it on to uh, producer 184. And yeah, then yeah. like, yeah, he shared it with some other guys like TPS. And I think they've even handed it on to someone else. So it keeps, you know, Boom. it's still like Space running through utilized. the hip hop family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully. That's um, decades as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wicked. Um, before you go back to London, mm. like you decide that I'm going to do business as well then I'm going to fully take yeah. business as well as produce my put out my own music mm. get you produce as well didn't you um I did little bits like yeah. I've never released anything like oh, right. okay I started producing and then I wanted to do you know you can't do too many things no you can't, no. <laughs> you can't, you can't. so I was like worried. I want to run high focus properly so I'm going to rap and do that yeah in my later years I'm going to get into production like the um and then you sort out all the covers and mm. like you take on like full direction yeah, look, as well and yeah yeah i mean i give a lot like because i'm an artist yeah i kind of know what artists want yeah so like i give them their creative freedom you know like with the music that they make with the covers that they want with the artwork uh -huh. some of them will say oh, i got this guy i want him to do the artwork i'm like cool or they'll be like i want this sort of thing and then i'll be like oh we've got these artists check them out yeah wicked. just like quite free and open really because i sign people who i believe in the talent so i don't want to like stifle that or anything you enjoy all of that obviously yeah yeah like the whole business side yeah yeah so you put those t two years in in brighton mm. with the, like from your album to leaving yeah yeah and then what happened when you got to town um that's when i got back that's when i um i made the album third eye of the storm that yeah. come out in 2012 
Um, I was like, yeah, at the time, like, real proud. I'm still real proud of that album. Like, it's quite a journey. I think that's me kind of growing from, like, a boy to a man more in that uh-huh. album. And then that's when I started getting questioning stuff, like, a lot more, like, in life and, like, getting deeper. And then that led to, like, like a big spiritual, like, sort of change in my life and my beliefs and, like, near the end part of creating that album, basically. That all came to fruition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are the beliefs? What are your beliefs? Um, Basically, like, I started questioning life, like, loads, like, there must be more to this. Like, almost getting a bit low, like... Yeah. Can be quite overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there has to be more to it. (laughs) Then I just started researching, looking into things, found out about, like, DMT and, like, certain psychedelics. Ended up, like smoking some changa basically and having like a massive out of body experience like proper full on and then that kind of changed my whole life in a way like and then like yeah i ended up becoming like vegetarian afterwards i changed my whole diet completely literally next day yeah pretty much yeah yeah like it was so profound i've heard that effect yeah i've heard i've heard about that yeah like it was like so profound it was insane like and then, yeah, started. Le- I got really into like reading. I started like learning bare about like ancient civilizations and like sacred geometry and like mad stuff. It like took over my life like almost too much. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. almost went like a bit too much into it. Like, but I started getting meditation, astral proje- projection, like proper went into wow. it, and I ended up having like some really profound natural experiences as well afterwards, like from following like certain routines and that. Awesome, man. And then, yeah, that was kind of like, yeah, that was pretty mad. Like, Has that stayed with you? Yeah, the, it has, but like, level, but... I basically wanted to see like the highest potential that like a human could kind of get to like with their consciousness through, through like, certain ways that we're living like there's so many like toxic pollutants and stuff like in the world that we don't really realize like even through the food that we eat or you know like the water we drink or like just the environment living around so much pollution loads of heavy metals so I was like detoxing and like getting all of that out of me and eating a really pure like organic diet and vegetarian and like having massive like spirulina smoothies and like proper trying to detox myself and then like meditating like every night and like listening to guided meditations and learning and then like ended up doing some mad lucid dreaming stuff and because I almost wanted to get back to that state that I kind of experienced or I'd like opened my eyes so much to realize that you know we are all one like everything is all interconnected like I felt like I died and then I came back but then through having those experiences made me feel I'm not scared of death anymore. Like, I honestly feel like I am an eternal being. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to go somewhere and then come back as as something else or someone else. Or like, it's longer than that. This is just an experience, like, for me. The soul is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Exactly. Like, you know, the body is the vessel, but the the spirit is eternal. So, like, I'm happy. And that has given me, like, a lot of happiness and a lot of positiveness wow. and a lot of freedom as well because like I'm open and I feel like I don't know I kind of feel like I'm being guided and blessed and like working I don't know it's deeper than just like it this seems like layer, you've got a lot like, of clarity yeah yeah it? yeah definitely There's a lot of clarity mm, it's like I know what like I'm dealing with a lot of energies like through what I do 
and I'm affecting like a lot of people's lives through the music that I make and through the music that the label makes and like I'm conscious about what we're doing and and its effect because everything is all energy and it's all vibrations and like do you know what I mean there's higher things into play I don't know it's a whole that's amazing thing. to hear man yeah yeah like to know that there's that depth going on mm. and I, I've felt something through your music yeah definitely, yeah but um that's really like yeah that's mm. that's what you want to hear yeah yeah and that it, that also was extremely genuine as well yeah yeah I could see the way your your facial expressions mm. were going through that whole yeah yeah taking that then or getting mm. so what led you into the spiritual thing like what got you there you didn't your mum and dad weren't into that um yeah well my mum was a yoga teacher oh right okay and then my dad was a hippie in it he used to play in a band yeah and that so like you had this slight touch yeah of yeah yeah else then. yeah yeah so i think because my mum was into yoga and then my dad was into music he used to play in a band he used to be like a drummer mm -hmm. um so they always like quite encouraging you know with stuff that I wanted to do, they always kind of backed it. Like when I was younger, my dad like helped me build skate ramp or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Wish and then like, done. you know, got me like a camera or whatever so I could film my sk film skating and stuff like that. And then, um, so yeah, I guess there was that open-minded kind of side of of my family, mm. um, which kind of me meant that I could kind of blossom or whatever. Do you know what I mean? He gave you a good starting pad to think a different way. And yeah, like, yeah. Be open to more. Mm. differences yeah yeah and like even with my music like they always backed it and that do you know what I mean like my mum lent me the first bit of money to press my first album and yes, that's because I didn't have it do you know what I mean yes mum believe like, me yeah 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 like Properly. she still helps me like to this day do you know what I mean she helps me like go over like the business accounts and that do you know what I mean oh amazing like she's man. still there like and even I got some new like accounting system recently yeah and like she I means she doesn't have to do as much. She's like, oh, I still want to make be involved though. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, That's brilliant. But yeah. So you've had, there's some good basis and backing there, like, mm. and then led you into that. But did you choose, like, to look further into this spiritual stuff? Like, um, yeah, I mean, guess that's like in 2012 when I was like yeah. questioning life, like, oh, there must be more to life. Why did you do that? I reckon it's just like something kind of found i don't know something kind of found me or whatever i don't know you know when you just question stuff and then it was just like getting a bit lower about like i don't know just like but you'd already been you've been in your business you've mm. been like yeah yeah I would, yeah yeah but you there was questions to more mm. yeah i guess just like more to life and like existence in general and that led me to like researching and finding out about you know certain stuff that's what led me to discover DMT online which is like named the spirit molecule and then like started really looking into it and then basically Baxter had some or like and then ended up hooking me up some it just kind of like came to me do you know what I mean like Quite I started thinking about this thing yeah I was like oh there must be more to life oh the spirit molecule loads of people have these like big awakening experiences with it you know it's what yeah. connects you to like how everything's all interconnected like we produce it it's in loads of animals it's in plants it's in everything yeah like it's released when like you're born cannabis. when you cannabis. die yeah 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 um and then basically yeah, i just got hold of some and then that's when i had like you know my profound kind of like awakening experience from that um i've never done anything. i've mm. taken mushrooms yeah and that 
I think that changed my life. Mm. Like natural mushrooms. Yeah. I could um I can draw now from mm. a bird's eye view. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't so, before. Yeah, yeah. Literally that night I started drawing Queen's Park Yard mm. like I was in the top corner of the fucking pitched roof. Yeah, so, like Spider Man or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't want something. And then it didn't stop. And I can I've not I've only done it twice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I can so, still do it now. Yeah, yeah, fifteen years later, whatever. That's the thing. I think like psychedelics in general, certain people are like scared of them, you know, because mm. they're like, oh shit, they're gonna like, it's gonna yeah, mess my brain up. I'm yeah. gonna go crazy. I'm gonna go mad. I won't mm. be able to handle it. But if, I don't really take any other drugs. Really, like you know, mm -hmm. I've never sniffed anything in my life. Like really? I've never done coke. Like yeah. I'm just not that kind of guy. Like I get high. Mm -hmm. and I like psychedelics but I don't like overdo it with them at all and I only do, would do natural ones like mushrooms or like changa mm -hmm. which obviously has DMT in it and I went out to Peru and I stayed with like a shaman for like a week wow. in the Amazon and did like three ayahuasca ceremonies Fuck. like with him which was like how did you find him so basically obviously so I had the first changa experience uh -huh. which like massively like that connecting me spiritual that was like when I turned veggie and all that stuff uh -huh. and then you know I used Chango like seven times or whatever after it and I was like learning more each time understanding things certain more like because at first so much gets thrown at you and then I need to break it down and I like understand what I've seen and like assimilate it into my life so it all kind of progresses and then I gain like a deeper sort of spiritual understanding and then found out about ayahuasca and was really interested in that and then that's when I went to South America but I was thinking about that for like a long time yeah um like I spoke to Baxter he had a friend who'd been out in Peru and been, seen loads of different shamans and found this this one called Percy Garcia um who's like in the jungle near Iquitos and then you know me and my my wife like she came out there and did it with me and like, you know, we've been talking about it for like a long time, built up to it, went out there. And then, yeah, it was like, you know, he couldn't even speak English. He had like a translator. He was like chosen by his grandfather when he, um, when he was 12 years old to become a shaman. Then he had to work with the plants for 20 years in the jungle until he got to the stage where he was like allowed to be called a shaman. And then he started like doing the ceremonies, doing the ayahuasca ceremonies with people like native people and then what? certain like you know westerners and other people like found out about it he yeah. built like a healing center like in the jungle like basically when you fly into a kiosk you get like a little like bike or like little tuk-tuk thing like yeah. 40 minutes drive and then like you do like a 45 minute walk just into the jungle there's like no reception or like anything do you oh, know what I mean yeah. yeah and then you have to do like a like a special diet like to prepare yourself I was like mentally preparing loads before and like you know going there for like everyone goes there for different reasons mm -hmm. certain people go there because they're depressed or certain people go there because they've lost like their parents and they can't get over it or some fucked up shit's happened or yeah. it's like it's the medicine for the soul do you know what I mean that's like what it is and now I think like western society has been detached from like our spiritual side like a lot more and like we've lost it whereas like the native people like were a lot more in tune like with it so this happier. is the, yeah and, and happier and like 
you know, I think ayahuasca is like the medicine for the soul. So like, I went there to find like a deeper sort of spiritual understanding. Like at that point I was really happy, like with myself and like, you know, in the zone. And I went there for that. And I definitely got like, I got kind of what I went for. Like it was pretty intense. How was it for your wife? Yeah, it was nice for her. Like she was, um, you know, she had certain things that she wanted to like deal with and get resolved. And she did. And she had like, she had like quite a beautiful experience. Amazing. Um, and then like, you know, my first experience was like super beautiful, like really profound. And then like the second one was like super, super intense, like beyond like anything that I could fathom intense, like off the, off the scale. Do you know what I mean? Uh But like to the point where I was like, I don't think I can do the third one. Like the third ceremony and the shame was like, oh, you have to do it. Like, you know, mother ayahuasca knows how long you're here and like what, you need to resolve and like this is like the ending of it like the closing sort of part of it and then I did do it and it was like real nice and it was like the ending wow. yeah yeah and this is in the jungle like in some medical center he's built yeah 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 crazy but like yeah insane like out of body like stuff <laughs> how long were you there I was there for a week wow and then I did like three ceremonies and they last for like eight or nine hours or something so there's like nearly a day in between each one then to relax and rest. Or- yeah, 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 yeah. So you get there, you have a day ch- to chill and then yeah. you say like why you're doing it and stuff like that. So and look into it more and yeah. understand more. Mm, like a lot of reflecting time and that. So it's, it's definitely nothing reckless in what you do in those choices. Yeah, yeah, not at all. No, you're not getting it. Like you smoke weed, yeah. Mm, yeah, That's yeah. not to get reckless. But no, I mean, no. But when you, oh yeah, when I take it, I'm sober. Like you know, if I if or you know, it's not for it's not recreational. No, for me using it, it's not. It's like it's deeper understanding. Yeah, 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 and that's reasons behind like healing kind of vibe. Like I went to the park like the other day with one of my mates, and like before we went, he was like literally like going through some hard stuff, and like you know thinking, oh maybe I should go and see someone or feeling proper troubled and we had like a session and he was just like it was the most uplifting experience of his whole life um like dmt DMT, yeah yeah and he and um he was like yeah i'm not gonna go and like see anyone now and i feel like proper happy and like i I mean i'm I'm all i love therapy man i think it's Mm. a great thing but yeah i'm fully i I haven't done as i say i've done Mm. it Mm. a couple of times yeah yeah times are amazing Mm. And I'm never like the the drawing thing has baffled me. Yeah. Like, to fuck. Yeah. Like, comp- don't know where it came from, and it's just mm. I find it so amazing. I'm so yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah. And especially not to take them, done them again, and still mm. be able to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, fuck man, that shit like, mm. tapped into stuff. Like, yeah, I yeah. know I just tapped. Yeah, in. yeah. <laughs> like, there's so much more there. Definitely. I don't know what it is and why I haven't. Mm. Business. Yeah, yeah. Dad. Mm, yeah, yeah. Lifestyle. I don't know. Mm. But um. Yeah, and just finding you know, the time to do it as well. Like, it's just kind of like... You don't tell people to do it though. No. Nah. But you talk to people about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, if your mate, like your mate the other day, he's talking mm. to you about... Yeah. Shit's hard and that. Mm. And then you can say, because he's your mate, you can be honest and say, well, there is, mm. I do, you know I do this. Yeah, yeah. And you can explain it in a nice, calm mm. way. And Well, the funny thing is, is that he didn't really do any like psychedelics before, but he, 
like the week before he'd done mushrooms. Oh, right. Yeah. And and he like loved it and he was like proper like opened up and was like, oh, like he found a new side, like a new feeling that yeah. he had never experienced before. That's it, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think he did a bit of acid as well. And like, okay. he was like the same sort of thing. And then, yeah, I'd spoken to him about it. I was like, oh, do you fancy going to the park, basically? Yeah. Like, I want like my, my little summer session or whatever. And then, um, and then he was like, yeah, you know what? I do, I do want to come. And then like, and he feels better. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant, man. But obviously, you know, like everyone can, everyone has their own different, it affects everyone, you know, kind of differently. Yeah. Everyone has very similar experiences, but you need to be in the right frame of mind and feel comfortable and know what you're doing. Yeah. I think it's not about doing it's it important. half a bottle of whiskey yeah, yeah. or like a gram of coke. Nah. Obviously, not, you don't do it then. Mm. Yeah, it needs and to be And also, you've got to know yourself. 100%. Do you know what I mean? You've got to know what you're capable of. Some people mm. can't even smoke weed. Mm, definitely. And so if you're going to do that, mm. you know, watch yourself, know yeah, yourself, yeah. like be definitely. in nice places. And... Mm. Yeah, don't underestimate it. No. <laughs> and then my mate Nick, another guy, Nick, he's he's done it mm. twice. He's done ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, mm. and literally it was so weird. The first time he did it, he, I was with him the week before and then the week after mm. and it was like it literally was like and I didn't yeah. say it to him at the time yeah. he, I've never even said this to him but mm. he was just lighter yeah 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 he just was mm, mm. and I don't know whether that that's visually yeah or his the feeling I got from him and again he's lighter again I haven't seen yeah, him in a yeah. couple of months it'd be quite interesting to see him again soon but um, yeah there is there's definitely mm. We've been yeah, lied special. to a long time yeah, in the Western world, basically. We've got fucking yeah, lied to. Our brains got washed. Definitely. And this is why, you know, me and many others are a bit like, whoa, really? Mm. Like, can you really do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got lied to. It's mm. really interesting time, man. As we said, mm. the internet's, you know, the internet and knowledge is, and the way knowledge spreads around the world so quick is, we're living in a very interesting time. Yeah, definitely. Let's just hope people do the the best of it and mm. we don't turn down the other side and yeah definitely just fall in love with selfies or something yeah yeah <laughs> selfies and fucking uber eats and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real on to back sorry back to you so mm. and on to your more music yeah so. yeah and then i made this album called the road to the interdimensional piff highway yeah and the, that album is like my most kind of like spiritual album if you want to call it like uh -huh. it's really really positive like every track all has like specific meanings about certain i don't know certain bits of like spirituality or what or knowledge or i don't know whatever you kind of want to call it yeah. there's also lots of other things mixed in there too just like tracks about weed and that as well but yeah like i use the herb like you know i see that's kind of a spiritual thing to me as well like in a way um it doesn't hinder you at all no, no, I don't find it. I don't find it does. Um, I don't find it hinders me. Yeah, but like that album, I wrote that album in two weeks, and that was like an explosion because I basically had that experience, the and then the, the, the DMT, DMT, yeah, and then like I experimented with a few times afterwards as well, in between like researching and knowledging, and wrote that album then. Um, well, yeah, then after having all these yeah. experiences you know, with DMT and through reading and meditation and blah, yeah. blah, blah, all of that stuff. Then um, I went to Switzerland to link up with a producer called Molotov 
and my friend Ron Juan, who was friends with Molotov before, we went out there to stay at his house and they basically made like two thirds of the beats while we were there and I wrote two thirds of the lyrics while we were there over the course of like a week, recorded it all, then came back to the UK um, and did the same thing in like another sitting, but just for like a week and I wrote the rest of the album and recorded it all there. And that was, and then I put that out in 2012 as well. Yeah. So I did two albums in yeah. 2012. I remember that actually. Like one that took me like two weeks to write and yeah. the other one that took like two years to yeah. write. But so that, that point. But, but kind of like two years worth of experience within that, yeah. that run up to the second, that third album. Yeah, actually, yeah. With all that shit with the DMT. Mm, and the, yeah, yeah. You know, the reading and the this mm. and that and the other. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, mm. yeah it was, that was like a massive amount of stuff to, taken but then like, that's why when I kind of felt like a social responsibility kind of for the music that I make and I realized like people don't kids especially don't listen to their teachers or their parents yeah. like all the time but they'll listen to their favorite rapper and I was like wow I'm actually in like a position of power that I have people that actually want to listen to what I say so what what I say is actually really important because it can have an effect on someone's life and that could be a positive effect or a negative effect so I'm going to go and try and impact them positively. You know, you can still talk about negative stuff or stuff that's hard because people can relate to it and, and it can help them yeah, yeah, get yeah. through their situation. So that stuff's all in there as well. Yeah, it's not just all like... Hey, yeah, it's not all just airy-fairy. Yeah, like no, no, there's I, raw stuff in yeah, there as well. There's like, reality in it yeah. fully. But yeah, you're not... You're right about Not just talking about rubbish, like, no, no. like meaningful stuff. Like, um, How do you feel... Mm. How do you feel about the the pointing the finger at hip hop for what's going on in society now with our kids? Yeah, and yeah, the, and the part it plays. Because mm. I don't think you're actually your label doesn't. Mm. I, I'm not putting your label in with that, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not putting every label in with that either. Yeah. But how do you feel about that statement? Like, well, I mean, I guess what you're talking about drill music. Right? I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. But even down to like, I listen to gigs. Mm. Or any, even you know, mm. the bigger ones, but Wiley and yeah, yeah, and, like, and there's still an undertone of yeah, obviously, fuck yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Obviously, like Gigs is like the original Peckham gangster yeah, rapper, isn't he? Yeah. So like, I I listen to, I love Gigs, man. I think he's sick. Like I do as and, well. And I, Wiley I love it. and I just, you know, there's been a lot of pointing mm, the finger at it, mm, and the fact that, and I suppose you say drill yeah, music. I don't, mm, even, I haven't even listened to that. So shit. basically, yeah, drill music is like a lot rawer than than like Gigs like that is it's super hardcore like it's basically all just about stabbing and shooting people yeah. like on the whole or just talking about their situations you know shotting and stuff but i think it's completely wrong you know that the police and the government they're, they're sense, censoring drill artists right now they're taking down their videos from youtube they're banning them from doing shows like the people who are making this music, everyone, the, the music that people make is because of the situation that they're in and it's just the expression of where they've come from and what they're going through. So if they're ha talking about, I see it as sad that they're having to talk about stabbing the shootings yes. the whole time and it's happened. I feel sorry that they're in a situation that they're living their life like that and they're living their life like that partly because of, you know, there's lots of different things, but you know, their environment, their upbringing, what they're surrounded with, what, you know, what, there are many factors. Yeah, there's so many factors and and they can't blame, you can't blame like a genre of music for, yeah, it's cool, man. Like you can't blame a genre of music for for what's going on wrong in society and that's basically what, ha 
is happening you know life imitates art or whatever like they're just creating art but do you think but in, in terms of taking responsibility mm. do you think hip-hop should take more responsibility because i think look, i'm mm. literally middle ground i just yeah. love hip-hop it's yeah. what i listen to mm. and i fully condone everything about yeah. it and its positivity mm. but i can't deny it. i've mm. carried a lot of swagger yeah in hip-hop yeah yeah it's helped me mm. do you know what i mean Definitely. in that side of my life when mm. i've had to be a certain way and like do we have to take responsibility and if although you can call it drill music mm. it's still coming from the hip-hop yeah band. definitely like, and i wonder what the i mean look the other thing mm. is that they won't listen anyway and the drill guys would probably just say fuck you and not you mm. anyway mm. but i don't like the fact it's associated at all and i don't like the no. fact the fingers pointed whatsoever but i don't know i, I love i love what your label does and i mm. love what many other rappers do yeah. especially uk hip-hop to be honest mm, definitely like pretty much the whole scene yeah none yeah. of it's bullshit yeah, in that yeah. sense. doesn't carry that definitely not bullshit but mm. there's like sub-genres within yeah, like hip-hop man. i just i don't know man it's mm. fucking it's disgusting and horrible yeah. what's going on out there at the minute yeah and, and the fact it's being linked back to yeah music yeah i know it basically the government have failed i think which is mm. why Massive, why this yeah. is is happening you know it's like That's the lack of of like youth centers and so many different things in there they wouldn't have got to drill music mm. if everything else was in mm. place for their lives. Mm. Yeah. Or more mm. things, not everything, because yeah. everything's there for everyone, but mm. just more things were in place for their lives. Yeah, yeah you're right. The government fell big mm. time. Even even down to just having police on the streets. No one about what they can give to the kids in the estates. They've been doing mm. that for years. Yeah. Like, but that's the thing. That's why, like, around this time when I was making Third Out of Storm, in 2012 that's when near the end of that when the London riots happened and at that point I was living in Camberwell and like you could feel that energy and like that madness and I remember like the train stopped or whatever I can't remember where I had to get off somewhere like Denmark Hill and like walk back to Cat oh no I got off at Herne Hill or something and I had to walk to Camberwell and like just seeing all the madnesses that were going on, like, I had to walk past like a fat crew of guys with like balaclavas and like bats at, like, on the side of the road. Like they just smashed up the, the jewelry shop and re robbed bear jewelry. Like someone was getting dragged out of their car, like on road so that they could nick the car and go joyriding and shit. Like it was like, it was fucked. Day. And I was like trying to get into my flat and I was like, shit, there's like a gang of guys with bellies just standing like literally a few meters. I beg they don't like. I run off on my yard because it was like completely lawless like mm. do you know what I mean that was I mean yeah and then I went to my boy's yard and like he's got like a rooftop spot and we looked over London and you could just see like fires and like shit burning and like that for me like, I moved back to Brighton not long after that not because of that just because of the whole sort of vibe in general like I was like come to a realisation I was like I can live anywhere in the world that I want like I'm the master of my own destiny. Why am I living on the end of Cold Harbour Lane? Like, do you know what I mean? It's true. Like I'd seen... and, if, and if you can make the choice mm. and move, why not? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then I was like, oh, I'm just going to go back to Brighton because it's chip more chill by the yeah. sea. And it's still so near to South London that I can be there in an hour. Yeah. And it's got a good hip-hop base. Yeah. Man, like a, a, there's a market there for you as well. Like, mm. I mean, yeah. I, I just, I asked that question mm as like a 38 year old man mm. with an 18 year old son yeah do you know what i mean mm. like that li my studio is in acton west london mm. i live deep west on a boat in yeah. langley like, yeah, so 
I go for meetings in town, mm. but I don't see the streets anymore. I don't yeah, yeah. them at all. And so a lot of it is, I suppose, is horror stories. I hear. Mm. Yeah, not, yeah. I grew up in it, but not mm. like this. Yeah, but well, that's the thing. Even in Campbell, like not long ago, there's that like, triple stabbing, and the other day there's that like, quadruple stabbing, like yeah. right by the green. Like right, I used to walk through that green every day to go to mm. my studio. And like it is sad, and it's like, is the mu- is the music perp, you know, making more violence happen? Like it's hard to answer that question. Like, but then if if the answer is yes, it still doesn't necessarily mean that the music should be banned. It's no. just it's a bit of a mess. Like we're in a bit of a like oh, we're in a massive mess. We're in a fucked situation. Surely, if they yeah. could just whack it, a couple of fucking like government funded studios mm. in each of these boroughs, yeah, exactly, like fully. Yeah. And look, mm. how much is that? Five grand for fuck's sake. Yeah, in yeah. Them empty spaces you've got mm. around the whole city. Yeah. Just whack some studios in each of them. Mm. Put a fucking green screen in one of them. Exactly. And get them kids to go into those spaces and be creative. Yeah. And they'll soon get off that fucking topic. Exactly. The moment they're being given something, but mm. it's fucking... Oh, and then, got... yeah, and if you take away the one thing that they do love, which is making music, if you try to take that away from them, like, how are they going to react And we've seen what that. happens. Exactly. We've seen what happens with that. You, they do that with prison. Mm. Yeah. They put the wrong people in prison. Yeah, yeah. And they fuck their lives up completely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because of some bullshit justice system. But yeah. it isn't justice at all. Mm. It's a, we're, we're living in a hard time, but I, you know what? I think you're mindset mm. live through it is really fucking good yeah yeah because what you are doing is taking control of your like you just said your destiny and mm. your stuff and you're deciding how you're going to behave in it and what mm. you're going to say and yeah yeah do definitely it's, um, because you can't change everyone and no. not, not everyone can follow the same path either definitely not yeah um, the mix is needed and god you know i'm sure we will we'll get out of all this mm. and, you know, enlightenment will happen in, in many ways and levels yeah yeah many for people, sure but I think in general, like, I think people are definitely waking up, like, in general over the last, like, you know, 10 years or whatever, like, people are a lot more aware, think about stuff a lot more. The internet's helped that. Internet's helped so much, like, yeah, yeah, they're not, people aren't as accepting it of stuff anymore, do you know what I mean? Like, from whatever the government or papers and stuff like that, people can see that there's bullshit going on as well. A lot of shit's getting called out, man. We just mm. got to hope that some fucking change happens. Mm. But I'm sure it will. That's why, like, everyone needs to, you know, make sure that the youth and the new new generation are, have got what they need, you know what I mean? Yeah. And encourage in the right way because they're going to hopefully sort the planet out for us. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got... Basically, it's our job to bring them through and it's their job to achieve. Yeah. Because we can't do it. Mm. Right. Yeah. We've got to get it done for them. They've got to be able to do it. Mm. Yeah, it's nuts watching these kids grow up, man. My boy's 18 next month and I'm just like, God damn. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was hard for me out there. Mm. Jesus. Crazy place. Yeah. And, but just everything, not not just the crime, not mm. just the, you know, the way the kids are acting. Yeah. Just life in general in those cities is hard, man. It's all mm. possible though. Yeah. Not- Even like, you know, for us joining like social media like late, in, late on in life like yeah. I love reminiscing on the old years when I didn't have the phone yeah. and that yeah. like seriously man it's kind of strange to know that our kids are getting born into that almost like born into life with like a Facebook page and an Instagram well, account the, the, the and like fact, you know, it does change your mentality and because we've haven't we didn't have that while we were growing up we yeah. can see we can still know and see the difference you know like, even though like yeah. yeah whereas they've ne- they don't know anything else yeah. like it's the phone thing, the Instagram mm. thing. Like it's, it's literally like it's part of. Sec- it's like sparking a cigarette. Looking at Instagram. Yeah. 
that that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is now in, ev- in millions of people's lives of course, and all yeah. types of social media and mm. that's really bad yeah, yeah. so it's really bad yeah, I know it is. we've been taken we've been taken over I'm not alienating yeah. myself whatsoever mm. um, yeah that is that's a weird thing but you know uh, another reason why I want to why I have these conversations with people and why I want to I want people to listen and be inspired by everyone mm. that comes on because there's more to this shit definitely and like what we get and the people that come in this room and talk to me about like we can we can survive with all that without all that bullshit because mm. we get fed so much through our creativity and that's what I, that's the stories that I'm trying to basically portray well mm. what I'm getting not even trying to portray which I do get from people mm. and that's what I want people to realise and think oh yeah well fuck it I can put the phone down actually I'm going to pay attention to doing something along this line or something I love mm. yeah. I stop getting pissed off with mm. that girl's face on Instagram yeah. and I'm gonna <laughs> yeah for real and that's what's good about graphing or yeah exactly or culture. writing bars yeah culture is that you, it takes your mind off it mm. when you're when you're writing or painting it is like a form of meditating like it's you don't a, think about stuff you're just in the moment yeah. like there are, there are so many levels to the appreciation mm. of it man because there's the there's the whole like like I got into graph to take me away from something completely different and dark. And I it graffiti did that for me and took me away from that, which was amazing. And then it gave me confidence, which is the next level. Yeah. Like the culture gave me confidence because I got better at it. It could have been anything. Could yeah. have been calligraphy, could have mm. been DJing. But because I got better, it took me away from something that I made, and I got better at it, so it gave me something else. And then it gives you a next thing and you get addicted to it. And all of a sudden it's like your every day. Yeah. And it like, <laughs> all right, cool. You don't have a, a like a, you're not on a wage as such. Before you know it, twenty something years down the line, and you're just fucking, you're working in the thing you love, like mm. that yeah, shit is. It's a light. It's a cheat code. Mm, definitely. It's a proper cheat code. Yeah, yeah. Like for this bullshit that we're taught. Definitely. It's a proper cheat code, and that, <laughs> I want to talk about culture. Yeah, yeah. Onto onto back so back to you, so mm. and onto your more music. Yeah, like, yeah. How was it going with the label then? Um, You've got four albums out now. Oh uh, yeah. So then, actually, just before. That came out. That's when we did the four hours. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that like all of the early demos of the first album, Nature's Greatest Mystery, were recorded in my flat, like in my bedroom, like for Nature's Greatest Mystery, and that was like. And what was was that for an album? Did you think, or was this just like we're gonna fuck about and see what happens? And, and then it was just like we might as well do an album. Well, basically, like Leaf Dog was making his album from a Scarecrow's perspective, which is his debut solo. Yeah. And I said I was going to release it. So then he came down to work on the plans and shoot a video for this track called Some People Say. Uh-huh. He ended up bringing down his mate Beaver at the time. Obviously, like my brother now, but it was just Leaf's mate at the time. So he brought him down. And then um, obviously we made the things, but like the videos and that. But then he wanted to make some beats like and do some bars. like So Leaf got all the beats out. And then, um, yeah, we just started writing a couple of tracks. We made like three tracks and we're getting well high. And like Beaver was just like, yeah, spark another owl, spark another owl from like the Cypress Hill track. So that's where the whole like owl thing came in. Sick. And then like at first we were just going to be called like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where the owl come from. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we're burning mad owls. Like just, just loving the owl. St- and then um, and then we we're like, yeah, we'll call this um, ourselves the Owl Trinity or like the Owl Syndicate like because it was like three of us are saying yeah and then um basically Verb T I just become good mates with because he lived from like South London yeah um so then yeah we sent the tracks to him he loved them he jumped on them and then we're like okay yeah cool we'll just be the owls 
And then um, we're coming to release the album. We realized there's like some indie band called The Owl. So that's when we stuck the four in there and then became The Four Owls. And then, yeah, that album was jokes. Like we didn't realize it would pop off at all like it did. Like really well, wasn't it? Yeah, it ended up being like a big success. And we made that album in like just over two weeks as well. Wicked. Like sometimes these quick, like inspired sessions happen or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. At the time, you know, I, I like to, I do like to know that the rappers I listen to are putting work in. Mm. But, you know, when I know they're constantly put, putting yeah. work in, I don't mind hearing that. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, um, yeah, because you understand there's a flow and energy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Love. And that's when you get like, it's good when everyone's in the same room together because you can vibe off each Where other. Where was this? London, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, yeah, so that was good. And then, yeah, the whole mask thing and that, it was, it was pretty jokes. And we, like, made all, like, Elias's and that. So, like, Leaf Dogs with Deformed Wing. And then Verb T's Bird T. I was Big Al. And then BVA's, like, Rusty Takeoff. Like, <laughs> it's pretty joke. Did you, um, did you enjoy that, like, mystique part? Yeah, did yeah. You baffle people for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Questions, like, who's who, who's who, who's yeah, who? Yeah, yeah. Who is this, who's this? That was boom. Yeah, yeah, it was jokes. And then we put up some little trailer of just like an owl flying through the sky to like a leaf dog beating that before. Just like <laughs> proper buzzed everyone out. Yeah, yeah it was joke. That, How many albums have you? Um, we've just done two albums, two albums yeah. and, but we've got like a third one like that's nearly finished Sick. for next year. How many albums have you put out like on High Focus? Um, I kind of lost count, but I reckon it's like 40 to 50 or something. Fuck. But we're well, like definitely if you include like all the EPs yeah, and yeah, bits yeah. and that. Yeah, we've done quite a lot. Eight years. I remember you um restoring your stock at Rare Kind. Don't mm. you still are? No, nah, no. Nah. And I remember going I in took the up stock. like every crevice in that shop Seriously. and then I had... Then... I went in one day. Well, obviously, I go yeah. to my mum down. And I went in. I was like, where's you? I was up in the stock room. So I went up the stairs, walked in. And I'm like, what, what is all this stuff? Like, cause it, was, it wasn't just all his music. Yeah, yeah. I mean? Just boxes of shit, boxes. Yeah. He goes, yeah, we're, we're holding up for a high focus. We're just doing their shit for a bit. Mm. Like, Fuck, man. Yeah. Stop galore. <clears throat> yeah, we took up the whole thing and then we had to get like a separate storage and like filled that up. And then, yeah, then we got too big for you and like it's taken up too much of his time. Mm. He needed to concentrate on Rare Kind and doing yeah. all of his records and stuff. So then we've got the office, which was just like one one pod and then mm-hmm. like... We expanded it to like two pods basically, and then like stock and distribute everything from there now. Who do you work with day to day? Um, so it's like my mate Molotov, uh-huh. um, I run the label with him, and another guy called Neil as well, who's like a DJ, uh-huh. um, as well. So he handles like all the distribution stuff as well. Nice. And then a guy called Mark Shields is like our designer, uh-huh. and then um, yeah, a guy called Craig's like the video guy, and then there's just like you know, quite a few other mates that I'll chat to. And, yeah. But that's kind of like the core team. You booked something nice over the eight years. Yeah, man. yeah. Crazy. And with the shows and that, like, everywhere. Mm, yeah. It's properly travelled with this team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've been, like, all over, like, UK and Europe and Australia. Been to Australia a couple of times. Banging. Yeah, it's good. Amazing to have seen, man. I've mm. watched. I've got that Polaroid of you when you come to the shop. That yeah, time. yeah. Certainly recently, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a classic, isn't it? Yeah, one of my Polaroid. Co- oh shit, one of my Polaroid collections. Yeah. Didn't you have them all on the wall I in did, the shop? Yeah. I've still got them all. 
I've still got under in a box at my mum's. Oh, yeah, true. Everything else. <laughs> I thought my mum's the other day, she's got 10 boxes of fucking all my craft shit. Really, yeah. Sketchbooks and books and all that shit, yeah. She's like, you need to get this out. <laughs> That's classic. Not yet. <laughs> so, um, do you want to talk about the, the last few years up to mm, now? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what did I do after, after um, the Piff Highway? Yeah, then I went on to... Then I did another album with uh, Molotov, uh-huh. who was like... He shared half of the production on the Piff Highway album. Is he over here now? Yeah, so he's the guy who I run the label with. Yeah, but he came here because he was aboard. Yeah, so he was living in Switzerland. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I've been running the label for like, a good few years. And then he was he was just producing in Switzerland. And I said, oh, do you want to come over? You know, you can stay at mine and you can help me work on the label you know, and yeah. build it up and just move over to the UK and get in with the vibe. And he was just down basically. Um, so then he moved over and I yeah, started help, help working on the label. And then, yeah, just been grinding for the last like five years like with him on the label. <coughs> Helping it grow. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so it's good. Yeah, I did the Polyhymia album with him, which he produced and started doing quite a few shows with the labels, like putting on our own parties and yeah. putting on our own tours. Um. And just getting out there, which was pretty good. And then... When you put together a tour, like when you say putting on your own tour, do you mm. like just call around venues through a city or a country? Like really go in it, like plan yeah, the yeah. thing, see who's, see who's booking and all that. Mm. Yeah. Well, like with the shows, like I do them with my mate Jack, mm-hmm. like Jack Robinson. He basically runs like Outlook Festival mm-hmm. and Dimensions Festival and like Vagabonds and like loads of other club nights like been a massive promoter in the game yeah so like we um yeah we do our events together Wicked. so like i'll put the lineup together and get the flyer design sorted and like uh-huh. promote it all on our side and then he'll like book the venues and Brilliant. like sort out all that kind of stuff and all the flyering and that what made you do that i think he he either came to me or it was like when it was a high focus second birthday party uh-huh like he obviously was doing the nights and I'd done a couple of nights in Brighton. Like I put on my own first album launch uh-huh. at like this club called The Volks on the beach. Yeah, like that's where Force Fed Imagery like album launch was. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I was doing a couple of mates with uh, his mate, Joe Barnett. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they were mates and like, we just put on the high focus second birthday party together and it was like a success. So he was like, all right, cool. Let's do like four events a year or whatever. So we started doing them and then when, the label got bigger he was like okay cool let's start doing tours and Sick. you know so he's like been a big part in the whole sort of live side of it getting yeah. into venues like brixton electric and camden electric and that brilliant man really so like, helping it grow out there and yeah thing. yeah and like for me from going to so many shows like when i was young like going to see live hip-hop was like a massive part of my of like my life do you know what i mean yeah. and doing open mic so i really wanted to to put them on for people as well. And they do, are they label tours? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. one with you, or as many people as you can. Yeah, yeah. So we did like the four hours one and like I did a solo one and stuff like that and just bring on like, you know, four or five other guys from the label as well. Wicked. Yeah. Are there any others? Who else is doing this in the UK at the minute like that? Mm. Um, Blah Records. Blah. Blah Records. It's like run by uh, Lee Scott. Oh yeah, like yeah, and like Black Josh is on the label as well, and 
yeah, quite a few other guys, they're putting on their own tours, yeah. which is like, yeah, a bit more of a recent thing in like the last couple of years. And then uh, there's a label called Yogo Cop in Brighton. Uh-huh. And I think they're putting on a few shows around Brighton and stuff. But yeah, yeah starting it's to get there. It pushes a movement, doesn't mm, it? Man? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good for the fans to like be able to come and check everyone out. Yeah, like, exactly. Definitely. It makes it, yeah, really accessible and mm. yeah, vibey. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like when all of Mudfan would turn up or something mm. like that. You'd be yeah, like, yeah. sick, yeah, family time. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. So who else have you got on the label? And you've got Dyke, Leaf. Yeah, Backstar. Backstar. Um, Ed Cesar, Ocean yeah. Wisdom. Ocean Wisdom, yeah, he fucking, he was a smash last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year or this year? Um, yeah, February this year. February. Yeah, yeah. Got like top 40 album with that. That was... That's massive. Like, how did you feel about that? Did you know yes. that was coming? I don't know. Like, it kind of built up to the moment. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, making the whole album for him. Do you know what I mean? It was he was always sending us the tunes, and like, it was building up and building up, and then like, he got the hook up with Dizzy Rascal, and we got Method Man on there, and like, some mental collab. So like, as it went and it grew, it kind of became like more and more of a monster. Do you know what I mean? And then. So you kind of, you were feeling, it was getting the heavier. reaction, you yeah, yeah. Hands, yeah. And like, obviously his views on the channel were popping off and like, there was a whole thing that like he made that track walking uh-huh. um, and like, you know, some people were saying, oh, he rapped faster than Eminem. So like some big blogs posted it and that made it pop off with like loads more and that. So yeah, it was kind of, it was a big achievement for like a UK, you know, hip hop label to yeah. get an album in like the commercial top forty chart is like a proper big deal. They've done really well. And Lil mm. Kana? Uh he's not on high focus, no, nah. He's, not. he's um, from down there as well though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. bumped into him actually like yesterday, like yeah. in Brighton, yeah. Uh, Rag and Bow Man was on the label. That's right, yeah. Put out like a couple of EPs, one uh-huh. produced by Leaf Dog and one produced by Dyke. Wicked. Um and then he obviously turned into like a massive success. He's done real well. And um, yeah, I got Ono Capono on the label as well. And uh, this guy Coops, we signed quite recently. He's proper sick. Well, I um, think I've heard of him. Yeah, he's from like Hackney, sort of yeah, Tottenham yeah, ways. Yeah. yeah, he's real decent, man. And he's got a new album, Life in the Flesh, dropping soon. Yeah, on yours, obviously. Yeah, yeah, end of September. Sick. And you deal with, you put out a lot of physical, would not it? Mm. With, do you do that with everything? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, unless they require it not to happen. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, pretty much do like vinyl, CD, and and like tape cassette of like every every main album. You fucking, you've built this whole. You've got so much to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've it's got mad. loads to do. Yeah, for real. And how many albums you on now? Six. Se- seven solo albums. Seven. And two albums with the four hours. And I did like another like random mix same thing. How so you kind of like, all this in? basically just grind on high focus like monday to friday like nine to five and then i just pen bars like at night when i'm like feeling inspired you know what i mean Wicked. but like the writing process you know sometimes i might not write for a little while and then sometimes i might write like three tunes in a week or something you know so it kind of goes through waves it's just yeah. like whenever i feel inspired or sometimes i'll just like lock off a day or a couple of days and be like I you don't I've- you don't mix the two like they don't tend to interact. Not really, yeah, because I've got effect. like, yeah, they used to interact like yeah. a lot more because when I was running high focus from my house, I was all having to do 
the work just in my bedroom on the yeah. computer. So then I could easily just be like working away. I oh, listen to be, I'm getting hype. I'm going to pen a bar. If I yeah. get into it, I carry on a lot more like casual like that. Yeah. So I was doing the label like that. And then my house, houses and flats slowly started stocking up with like more and more stock and start getting even busier. And that's when I had to like separate it and move out of the house. Yeah. And I guess that's when it came a bit more like, all right, I'm going to go to work, go to the office. And then, I, and then I come home and do creative stuff. Yeah. And I've got a home studio, like one room in my house. I built a vocal booth in it and I got oh, my speakers sick. in it and like a sofa and put all the vinyls on the wall. And so I got my creative spot. So you can chill yeah, properly, yeah. relax and mm. still, yeah, still do that genuine creative thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Not have it in the nine to five, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a lot of work you're doing mm. in that nine to five. Though, yeah. Man. It's hard. It is hardcore. Like. And it's more than a nine to five because it never really like leaves you. Do you know what I mean? Like no, it obviously the work obviously never. It leaves. always like comes home still. Yeah, I bring my laptop home every night, and every yeah. night I open it for work purposes. Yeah, yeah. Every weekend I do the same, mm. but I do find my own time as well. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, the thing when you love it, like I'm genuinely re- really passionate about it. Yeah, like. Obviously, sometimes I do think. Like, imagine how <laughs> like I'm really pr- quite prolific as it is. But I was like, imagine if I didn't do all the label stuff, like imagine how much creative stuff I could have done. It would have been insane. Like, but then at the same time, I built the, like a whole platform, which has enabled me to do, the do this. Thing. And it's like way yeah. bigger and like mm. deeper than that. Cause it's like a whole movement and it's so like a whole. Talking of that then, how do you feel about time in that sense? So what? like, do you feel that not, Mm. not time's wasted because I know mm. you don't feel that because yeah. one's helped the other yeah like, yeah you're yeah for sure exactly you business but your mm. business has helped you stay creative exactly so you, they, the two had to go hand in hand yeah yeah for sure but all the other stuff you could have created do you mm. feel it's lost nah I, could, I no. don't know because I'm happy with you know I'm happy you with what tell. I've done I'm so proud yeah, of, yeah, yeah. with what I I've think done. this is the other thing man I don't think it stops yeah and I've had, yeah, I've had loads of creative thoughts and ideas mm, and I've yeah. never pulled them through. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I still hold them in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. about them. Definitely. And at one point, mm. you know, you'll get it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You make plans for later, later in life, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you don't want to oversaturate it, it no, either, like. No, And, you know, even if you did, like, fuck it, I'm going to do more, 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 mm. something's going to suffer. It sounds mm. like you've got, you know, with the way you're yeah. treating your body and your mind and your soul, mm. it's helping you be this fucking like yeah, yeah. work hardy and getting on with it. Definitely. But you don't want to load yourself on too much more. You're obviously making the right decision. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know when I need to chill as well. Like good man. How old are you now? Thirty two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Killing it. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah, nice. Up to you. Really fucking dope. Um. The like, but onto onto your music. Mm. Like you love like proper hip hop. Mm. Yeah, yeah. To like to work to work with to write to, to yeah for real. to rap over. Mm. Who produces most of your music? Um, Have you got someone who produces most of it, or is there a lot of it mixed? To be honest, I've worked with like a lot of different producers. I worked with so many different producers like yeah. over the time. Um, but I guess like to name a few guys, it'd be like Chemo, Molotov. Um, Ill-informed, Leaf Dog, uh, recently Joe Caulfield, and um, yeah, one eight four. Like, there's literally a lot of guys. Yeah, like Third Eye of the Storm, I think it was like sixteen tracks, but there's thirteen different producers on there. Sick. 
but it still sounded really like coherent. Yeah, well, this is the other thing. It doesn't, mm. it's not like yeah. you're jumping back. And if you don't look, if I mm. put the vinyl on yeah. and I'm not looking, if I haven't mm. listened for it, when I would, yeah, yeah. I have cheated though, because I can obviously just look on the computer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Try not to. You, know I mean? yeah. you do get that consistent mm. sound. Yeah, yeah. But it's proper, it's amazing production. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's never low. Yeah, yeah, for real. Never. That's another thing which was like, really blessed about the time I kind of came through and with the people that there was just so many talented people and producers like that were willing to you work know to hard. work and yeah. yeah I suppose like were you all of an age that you saw it wasn't easier to mm. make the decision you made you all made fucking risky choices to go at this yeah definitely it was easier yeah, yeah maybe you had a bit more to look at Mm. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, yeah, this can be done. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't much in front of you. No, nah, I think it was basically like low life records. That ha- was the success. Yeah, that was a success. And that had, you know, Jess, Task Force, yeah. Skinny Man, Kalashnikov, Maestro. Rodney. Yeah, Rodney, Verb T, guys like that. And then when that, that basically crumbled and then UK hip hop kind of died for like a couple of years and I basically kind of saw like a gap in the market yeah. Not even necessarily. It, not on purpose. Yeah, not, no, not even on purpose. Timing. Yeah, it was just timing. Yeah, yeah. Their thing had, had kind of vanished. We were here. We were young. We were hungry. Like, yeah. we had bars. We had sick producers. We weren't affected by any of that. Yeah. Exactly. And they had built that. So we, we just built. Ran in. Our own. Yeah, we just ran in, basically, yeah. and like just built our own thing. Like, not with any disrespect whatsoever. No, and I'm not no, putting that connotation on mm, it whatsoever. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, I have like, mad respect for them. Yeah, like, they were they built like a you know that the road they built the road for us yeah yeah it was life went. yeah it was a sad time and like mentally devastating for people mm. as well not mm. just monetary yeah it was it's, a big wave a big effect off the back mm. of that and one thing that's um pretty jokes yeah is like there's an interview on, online i think it's brain taxes last interview and brain tax owned low life mm-hmm. and like the, one of the last questions is like do you think another label or group of people could come through into the scene and like ever do like something like what you did like for UK hip hop or whatever and he's like in a word no and then like obviously we've just come through and like easy joke. like done done the thing as well which is nice like to prove yeah you know to prove them wrong yeah because it's a positive thing what's yeah. happened yeah, you know but what I'll I mean? tell you what would have been nice it would have been mm. nice for him to be about yeah so yeah to call him out like this, yeah to say oh well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he had just stepped exactly. out of the game, but not yeah, yeah. such, the way it happened mm, was disgusting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was, but it was so not bad. Details, but still, yeah. mm. And that's what's so blessed about the people from that mm. era who are still around now, like Justin Skinny and that. Like they yeah. all show mad love, and we show them mad love. And you know, it's like there's a good harmony like within the scene in that respect. Just worked fucking hard through that, man. Definitely worked really hard. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Wayne has done amazing. Definitely. He's still out there now as well. I think he's doing that at all with his new band yeah. coming up soon and stuff as well. So, more parties as well last year and then this year? Yeah, yeah. We did like um, Sold Out Coco, which was pretty mad like for the Christmas party. and um, Just a high focus lineup. Yeah, yeah. Just high focus. <coughs> and another big one we got coming up on September the 14th um, is it? Fabric, we could do like a room one takeover at Fabric, like just the label. Yeah. Which should be pretty sick. September the 14th. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's going to be pretty mad. Okay. And then got my album launch at Jazz Cafe as well. So yes. When's that? 
uh, Thursday the 23rd of August. Of all ages, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah this yeah. Thursday, yeah. Oh, we're going to miss it. This will come out after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how has you been putting that album together? Yeah, it's been good, man. Like, it's been a couple of years, a couple of years in the making. Um, but just worked with three producers on it, like Molotov, Chemo and Joe Caulfield. And um, yeah, man, it's got like quite a few different vibes on there as well, like different tempos and and stuff like that as well. Still got the classic sound on there. Boom. And lyric-wise? Yeah, pretty like, it's quite a lot of variation in there. Got some like hype tracks and and some meaningful stuff as well. Like, oh. so it's got a nice mix. Um, what do you feel about this? Um, I don't think it should affect the UK at all, but mm. Kanye's seven track album. Yeah, yeah. Thing. What, just the fact that he was calling the album and saying something seven tracks is an like, album? Yeah. I hate, people are saying it to me. Yeah, I think it's quite clever. And I'm like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> no, no, I don't. Like, I haven't really looked into it too much. I knew that he did the album, like there were seven tracks. But yeah, I mean, to me, I just see, that sounds like an EP. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he done him. He done Nas. Pleasure. Yeah. Um, to Taylor something and uh, we're trying to make it like this is how long an album and should he's just, be. He's dropped all these albums and mm. a lot of good production. A lot of yeah. good, not great. But anyway, mm. Either way, it's just seven tracks, and it's yeah. like. I've waited whatever two and a half years for Pusha T to drop an album. Mm, yeah, yeah. And he comes with seven tracks, and to hear that Pusha had actually written a lot more. Mm, yeah, it's not like a full body of work, isn't it's it? Just, it's like a book. It's just got a, like it's like a comic, a few chapters or it's whatever. Like a comic. Like, mm. You want the next? You're like, all right, next week. Yeah, yeah. Come back next week. I want the follow on. I just yeah, I'm glad we're not fucking about with that bullshit here, mm, man. Yeah, for real. That can't be the thing. And no. I like even if even if he's doing it for monetary reasons, mm. like. But it's weird because like these days, most of it's all about streaming. Yeah. So like the more tracks, the more streams. Yeah. As well, so like, don't even see if it could be for monetary reasons necessarily, unless he's going on like the physical sales and stuff. I guess he's probably trying to make a statement as well and be like a yeah, trendsetter. Yeah, he's just trying to be different, I suppose, isn't he? I've just, but some I've heard people talk about it and say, yeah, you know what I mean. I don't see why not because there's always tracks you don't want to listen to, and I'm like, Who? but that's not for you to decide. Like, yeah. it, it's for you to decide after. Mm. Like, it's not for the art. The artist just puts the piece together. Like, yeah, for sure. We take what we want. Mm. Like, Definitely. And if you decide to skip over track two and track nine, so be it. Yeah, yeah, for real. It doesn't have to not be there. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> someone else could really love it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I want full albums, man, mm. always. I like journeys, like, yeah. albums do that. It sounds like I bet maybe some of them artists would have rather they be longer as well. He's probably yeah. just like, I'm the executive producer. Yeah. Well, producer. a couple of them, like, Pusher hasn't said anything. Mm. But he blatantly knows he wants to. Yeah. And especially if he's written a proper album. Yeah. I don't know about Nas. Nas is thing I think, shit. Mm-hmm. I don't like it at all. And that Tanya Taylor, I didn't listen to it, my girl did, but um, that's only seven tracks and she's pissed because she wrote 14 or 13 really, or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, that's long. He's just being that producer, I suppose, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, for real. So the next release is your album. Yeah. Anything else before the end of the year? Um... From on the label, there's going to be like an album pretty much every month. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wicked. So actually my album drops on 24th of August. Yeah. Then we've got um, a producer, Pitch 92's project on the 14th of September. Then oh. a new Coops album, Life in the Flesh on 28th of September. And then Bad Bones 
uh, late October. Dropping bad bones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sick. And a new Jambaxter and a new Dirty Dyke all before the year's out, hopefully. Ah, <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan, it's yeah. All on, is it all on at the minute? Yeah, yeah, it's all full on, like. But, like, yeah, hopefully we'll get it all out. If not, that's, like, the order of stuff. Sick, man. Yeah. Fucking hell. Amazing. That's Yeah, there's so much stuff there, like, so much. You know, I'm even planning into 2019. Yeah. And all that. Good. But yeah, lots to come. It's gonna be mad to see like how your um yeah, what what other creative path does come out of this. Mm, yeah, definitely. Okay, and it can't be that, you know, not that you've done so much stuff within the last eight years. Yeah. But that neck this it can't be long. It can't be mm. before there's gonna be some something's introduced to you or something gonna yeah, yeah. spark your mind. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Because it always happens in those like over ten years or something like that, and it mm. kind of not that you're not going to leave what you're doing. Yeah, just yeah, think yeah. That added that next added thing, like going through all that spiritual shit and all that picking mm. that type of stuff. Up. Yeah, definitely. You all on that fully, yeah. Still. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Fo- I follow it still. Like not quite. Things that kind of change your my mind has been changed. If you get what I'm saying, like okay. so, like my outlook and and things like has changed. So it's kind of a transformative process. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. At first, it's like a big burst. Yeah. And then you can almost go like a bit far. Yeah. And then like rein it in, control it, and then keep going. I see what you mean, man. Yeah. Like that. But then, you know, there's certain times I'm like, oh, I could be being a bit healthier or, uh-huh. not, you know what I mean? But like, on the whole, it stays with you. And it sounds like it could give confidence. Definitely. Like help you, like reaffirm your ideas mm. and... Yeah, definitely massively confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I feel I'm fully into like manifestation and like visualize visualizing stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you can't visualize it, then you're not really going to achieve it. Like, visualizing it is like the first step to actually creating it and making it yeah. happen. Yeah. So you've got to have them ideas and and self belief. Like, I'm massively into self belief and just belief you can do it. Believe you can do it and go for it. You know what I mean? Where do you think that comes from? That self-belief is that just through this like constant searching you just like yeah i'll make a decision yeah i think yeah through constant searching i think there's always been kind of just something in me like just ever since young just like a driving force do you know yeah. what i mean like going forward like but then yeah the uh the whole sort of like manifestation and that stuff kind of like developed more after like my kind of awakening or whatever you want to call it yeah. It's like um, I just had a bit of a weird vision. Mm. It was like um, you <laughs> you w- w- got into a skate, you got into <laughs> like the scene, the culture yeah. of some yeah. sorts, and it was just like a fucking mental yeah. ride for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you managed to take uh, it in this yeah, amazing yeah. way, like twenty years later. De- definitely, bro. Like, like I literally, sat, you went, you done so much, mm. you just bounced about, yeah, like, yeah. big waves. And, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. been a mad ride, and like I literally do sometimes feel like I'm just controlling, like mad energies and like things all around me like I'm like in the middle because I'm like connected to so many people yeah and And so many things happen yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and I'm like really good friends with loads of people and like yeah I don't know just like things come I'm just trying to make things come together you know just like connecting the dots and that yeah yeah it's good that was wicked man Mm. appreciate your chat brother yeah definitely appreciate your time and that's I'm good. Looking forward to this. I'm glad I got it on CD. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank that's you. what that's for you, man. Yeah. I've already pre-ordered, but that's cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, big up. Thank you very much. Big up, G. Nice, man.
Well, that was super dope. The roads we went down in that conversation, damn. Mr. Fliptrix, thank you. An absolute pleasure. And the vibe in the room, calm, relaxed, and as he likes to do, he plays some real good energy around him. That was a dope evening. I loved hearing about his ayahuasca sessions and that Peru trip. God damn. It's hearing stuff like that that inspires. Not to say that I'm going to go to Peru, but he put a nurturing experience in front of his daily life choices. I loved that. That's like putting culture before the sense that our schools give us. Like, he went over there and he went through a life-changing experience for his soul and his mind. Not to get a contract, not to post a photo, not for anything other than nurture. And by doing this, he then benefits from the experience with his label and being able to be creative and an outlet. And then gives us the art to appreciate with depth. I'm an artist, I paint. I love abstract and I love how I get there when I design and produce a piece. It's got meaning, a feeling and all that. And that's what Flip Tricks does so well and so calmly and clearly, definitely in this conversation. He explained and gave us some dope insight to his output. Amazing, man. Big up High Focus Records, all the crew, all dope, all dropping gems on the rigs. You know what I'm going to say next? Yes. Art wins. We're always winning. This ain't monetary. This ain't, about, this ain't what it's gauged on. This is about dealing with life, our souls and our minds, and art wins. We win. Pick up all the listeners. Collector, Samuel Lloyd, Barry Jetlag, Wi-Fi Works, Smudge Sneakers, and all the rest of you that have sent amazing, encouraging messages. I really am loving doing this, and thank you so much for the feedback. Until next week, love your city and love your culture. This is F24.